Welcome to the Call That Girl's Office 365 show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 84. If you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365 or check it out here at the Podbean Network, callthatgirl.podbean.com. Okay, so you guys, finally business is getting back to where I like it. It's solid again, and I'm really happy. It was kind of a slow, weird May month. And everybody who owns a business knows that business can be slow and you just got to stomach through it and work on other things when it's slow. Keep your spirits high and don't get depressed about it. Um, I got to say May was down, you know, compared to last year quite a bit. (laughs) I don't know why. Maybe it was a brutal tax season and people were just like still, you know, not sure. I also decided to, uh, you know, I think I've talked about it before. I raised my rates and then I lowered them. And then I raised them, and I think I figured out that uh, I'm going to stick with the 139 an hour and say, and up. Some jobs can be more expensive than 139 an hour, such as OST recovery jobs or email recovery or email investigation work or things like that that can demand a higher dollar. But for marketing purposes, the 139 seems to be the winner for me, and I'm going to stick with that rate. Of course, if you're a technician and want to buy a tech ticket, then it's 278 for two hours. So you get, um, you can, I don't sell that to my clients. I think that's the same price actually, yeah. But I don't sell the two hours to my clients anymore. I only do the four hour for them. Okay, so I had a job this week, which I actually couldn't believe I saw. Uh, the client called and said their IT person, that was their last day. They had one computer that they couldn't figure out while the tech was there and so I booked the appointment and sometimes I never know what I'm going to see you know I don't have them fill out like a complete you know 100 point questionnaire well I remoted in and they had office uh, excuse me outlook 2007 and when people say their outlook doesn't work I'd never open up outlook right away I go to the control panel first go see what's going on under the hood uh, I see how many profiles are listed. They only had one. I open up the profile. I go look at the email accounts. They only had two in there, which is cool. Actually, they had three, sorry. But all of them were set up as pop, and all of them were going to the same PST file. So then I opened up the data files, and I saw, I think, one data file, which was nice, but that means all three of those emails are going into one. And I hit the button open location and I saw a 16 gig PST file. And my first thought was that sucker broke (laughs) because Outlook 2007 can really only and should have two gigs. That's kind of the limit. I mean, I've seen people explode them, which this client did not do intentionally. They just didn't know. So I said, well, okay, so here's what we're going to do is, um, I didn't even open up Outlook. I mean, to me, I don't want to corrupt it anymore. So I just went and made a copy of that PST. I always put it in another folder and then I ran the scan PST on it. Um, I never touched the original just for the sake of in case I have to use that for something else or whatever. I just always make a copy. The scan PST ran for eight hours (laughs) because now I think they're on Windows 7 also. So the scan PST ran for eight hours. I did not have to check the box, make a backup because it was a backup already. So the repairs took, um, excuse me, went faster in the long run. And then I opened it up when it was done 
in the same profile. Well, actually, I think I opened it up in a test profile first. I want to make sure it opened. So in the Outlook um, mail app, you can actually make a test profile, and then I attached it, and that's what I did. I made sure it opened, and I'm like, good. So at least I fixed it, the data's there, and the client was really concerned about getting all that mail because that's all they had. And uh, then I went and added it to the old profile, uh, and miraculously, Outlook opened, and it didn't have any errors. So that, to me, was good. But uh, what I found out was um, there hadn't been email in a week in the original inbox. So that, so what happens, I think the PST broke, but it still opened. So I know, you know, I could have tried to open it before the repair, but I just go on the safe side. So anyway, um, this was on Friday, and today is Father's Day, actually. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody late. Um, and on Friday, I told her that we'd have a follow-up appointment on Monday so I can disconnect the old PST file and then they'll have a good one and then I gotta talk to them about backing up because I'm finding so many clients don't back up anymore and I'm like you guys have to back up it's so important I mean even if you just back up the Outlook files you know it's to me people's email is their bread and butter and they rely on that data to get work done okay and then I let's see here I had an interesting call from a brand new um, well, it's not a new client. They're an Office 365 client, but they hired a new employee. And so I got the mailbox set up for the employee. And at the very end, he's like, so how do I sync all this with my uh, Google Calendar? Now, I tried to be on the side of the company, not the person and their personal stuff, you know. I said, well, the company pays for you to have this exchange account, so that's what you should be using for business. And he's like, well, I have a lot of stuff in my Google Calendar. I'm like, okay, well, let's try to, you know, think about your work calendar here because that's what I'm getting paid for. And then um, he showed me all his Google Calendars, and I said, well, here's what you should do is moving ahead, start putting things on your exchange, and stop using the Google Calendar for work stuff. <laughs> it's really hard to get people to get that mind switch because, um, you know, when, the, when, they're, when you're a Google person, you want the Google and when you're an Outlook person, you want the exchange. And so I said to him, well, look, there's a, a synchronizing tool that I could set up. It's $20. It'll take me half hour to 45 minutes to configure it. And I will do that. And then that should work. But, you know, he was like, okay, well, let me get back to you on that. And I said, fine. But uh, anyway, this weekend, while I was messing around with some Office 365 stuff, um, I'm going to go to my Facebook real quick here. Paul Cunningham, who runs Practical, I think it's called Practical Office 365. I'm not, or it's Practical 365. Yep. I'll put this in the notes here. Practical 365. He was on my show. Hang on, I'm going to take some notes here. He was on my show last summer. I interviewed him, and he's a really great tech blogger, and he's part of the Office 365 for IT Pros team that writes all those books i bought it and there's a ton of free updates um so i highly recommend if you're getting into office 365 and want to stay on top of the technology to follow him but anyway he put out a little uh post on facebook that someone shared and it had to do with um forms so i believe on the 16th microsoft released the forms which i'm going to say is probably equal to the Google Docs forms and all that that they had. And uh, 
and you know people are excited that they can start using their own internal stuff and not have to use like survey monkey and things like that so what what you're seeing is more and more benefits to your business premium account that you're paying for but anyway so i go into um i follow paul's instructions because sometimes figuring out the admin center is a little messed up but i follow paul's instructions and lo and behold i find I start finding other sneaky things that I wasn't aware of because I don't look into every single thing. Now I'm gonna go open up my control panel here. So in the admin center, uh, let's see. You can start with going to the health little area and then go to message center. Now Robert Crane on Facebook showed me how to do this today. Robert Crane I also had on my show last summer. He's part of the CIA Ops down in Australia, which also Paul, by the way, is down there as well. Um, if you go to the message center, then you can see what you're getting, what's in your account, and just messages from Office 365. So anyway, as I was playing in there, I also went to, I wanted to find the forms thing, so I followed Paul's instructions. And what you do is you go to your active users, pick the active user, which I tested myself, I went to product licenses, then you click on your business premium, and in there, I've seen this before, where you can turn on and off features. But I did find my forms in there, so I was like, sweet, and I also saw the one program I've been dying to use for months now, which is Outlook Customer Manager. That was turned off, so I flipped that on. And there's a bunch of other stuff. If you open it up, you'll see that is turned on by default, but some like these two I had to turn on myself. Flow and, oh, excuse me, um, you know what? Maybe the forms I didn't do. I think I was, uh, yeah, the forms are in there. And flow, I had to turn on flow too, or maybe it was already on, whatever. Okay, so then while playing around in my apps there for my Office 365, I think I clicked on flow by accident maybe <laughs> thinking it was forms but in flow i start discovering a bunch of cool stuff i think that's what happened is i thought flow was forms but anyway i go to the flow and in there is templates and in there i saw all these little cool little things that i'm like i guess i never really looked at before and one of them was uh share Google Calendar to Outlook Calendar. And I was like, oh, well, let's see if this little thing works. So I went and set it up. I logged into my Gmail calendar and I put a few tests on there and I got the flow to, uh, to sync up and it didn't work right away. But then later on, like a few minutes later, I saw one little test come through and I've been, uh, and then I tried a few more. It, it didn't do everything at first. I think it had to get its vibe going or whatever. But um, finally, I got some testing to continually work. So I was like, well, that is a really awesome benefit because this client now, I sent him an email today saying, well, now I think I can do it, but you have to upgrade to the business premium. So a lot of my clients are on just exchange, you know, and a lot of them don't want to use all of the Office 365 products. But I'm starting to, you know, see some value in this a little bit more to tell the clients, well, if you do business premium outside of the Office 365, uh, Office 2016 uh, software you get, you can also use Teams, Planner, Bookings, these uh, flow things, the forms. I mean, 
that's where I'm starting to see, you know, a better sell with that. And um, Robert Crane is always uh, putting stuff on his Facebook, like, you know, if do you want to sell it or you can't sell it? And, you know, a lot of times I'm break fixing for people. So I'm not their IT manager, so to speak. So I am going to start looking at this, though, as a little bit different. Uh, some, you know, like when people, I'm setting them up for exchange only. What do they want the extra stuff? So I'm going to put that in as a 90 second elevator pitch. Like, here's what else you can do now. And I guess I needed to see the value a little bit more. Um, you know, like I said, most of my clients just call me to fix something. I might have to migrate them. That's what happens. But, you know, there's a lot of little bonuses that are happening right now. And I'm all about it. More sell and more to support. All right. And then on Friday, let me keep up with my notes here. Another I kind of had a nice Friday, to be honest with you. I ended the week going, woohoo! I had a client that uh, is ready to do a migration. They, um, you know, they want to move from Rackspace to Office 365, mostly because they want, I'll be honest, they, they want the support from AppRiver, and that to me was uh, cool, because they're kind of all busy people, and they all manage their own stuff, and... They weren't unhappy with Rackspace's support by any means, but they're moving uh, their server. And I said, well, if you know, you could just do the exchange or you can do the whole Office 365. And I think there was the, uh, the Teams is something that the administrative assistant had heard of. And that's why she was like, yes, we want the Teams. If you guys don't know what the Teams are, it's kind of like Slack, but for a team only internally. And I think you can maybe invite people from the outside, I'm not sure at this point because I don't have anybody on my team to test it with it's just me but the teams thing one of my other clients is using and they love it it's kind of like OneNote slash slack slash chat slash webcam I mean it's kind of the everything team you know tool that you want to use so uh, they have 20 mailboxes eight for sure are Outlook and desktop apps the other ones are either aliases or they're only online so I now have to come up with an interesting quote because I usually do VIP for 250 mailbox, which is all inclusive, you know, till the very last question they have, I include it all. But now it's kind of parted out. So I have to figure out how to quote this. And um, there's a, in my Office 365 Facebook group, I put out a call to action to all the techs there who wants to help build an onboarding pricing slash you know document that we can all participate in and um, it's still available by the way if anybody wants to see it um, but basically it's kind of like all the issues you can have in a migration and what to watch out for and that helps you build your pricing scale for these jobs I know a lot of techs and MSPs charge a hundred bo bucks a mailbox okay well, sometimes they're taking it from on-prem to Office 365. Sometimes they're doing it from Rackspace to Office 365. Sometimes they just do the migration and they're already on a, let's say, uh, uh, Active Directory or they've already got it set up through whatever. I mean, I haven't done server work in so long. But sometimes it's not as difficult to set up a new profile when it's on a server and in a domain, right? Well, remember, I work with people that have their own computers. They're not on domains. They they're flying in the air during the migration. They're on crappy hotel internet. And that's why I do the VIP pricing. But I'm gonna try to get this pricing down. So a lot of this is automated. 
And I'm definitely going to use the uh, Migration Wiz, and I'm going to try to use Deployment Pro. If anybody out there has experience with Deployment Pro, please let me know as soon as you hear this, because I am going to start testing it myself. The Migration will be for a few weeks, but I really want to learn Deployment Pro because that, I know, you can set it up to send each end user an email, and they have to install it, and then I believe the day of the migration, you can uh, deploy it from your control panel, and then it sets up the new profile and does all this stuff. It should do signatures, it should do the autocomplete. I mean, it's really mostly doing all my aftercare stuff I do by hand. And so I'm like, I really wanna learn this tool. It's five bucks, I think, and migration was is, you know, 10, so if you look at $15 a person, you know, and you have to do all the admin work, which is set up the accounts and watch the migration and deploy it and then be available for, there's somebody, of course, that's gonna have a messed up deployment. You know, my thought is one of the users is gonna have iCloud and they're gonna have some other stuff going on. They're gonna have 10 personal email accounts or, or possibly, you know, what's gonna happen is Deployment Pro does make a new profile. And my fear is the person is gonna go, well, what happened to all my settings that I had special and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, just, uh, you know, like gonna have a two hours worth of work. And that is billable extra outside of migration if you charge per mailbox, in my opinion. Because, you know, I'm not gonna spend two hours configuring someone's iCloud and if it breaks and all that stuff when that's not part of the job. And that's what the people think though sometimes. So anyway, I am, if anybody has any pricing ideas. Um, I know the 100 is definitely not going to work for me. Uh, I was thinking 150 and I'm trying to do the math and, uh, you know, some people are still charging 200. So let me know what you think. Email me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. All right, then let me see what else I got rolling here. Um, well, I did a OneNote job last week that I'm finding, you know what, OneNote used to scare the shit out of me because I didn't really understand it. And then I had to start doing more of it because clients are so funny. They'll, uh, <laughs> I'll help them with all their Outlook stuff. At the very end, they'll go, hey, do you want to take a look at this OneNote issue? And I'm like, oh, all right. And half the time, what their issue is, they've got two or three office accounts, Outlook.com, the one they bought from the store. They might have a business office 365. Everything in the OneNote is configured to different OneNote notebooks with three different accounts. And then it's figuring it out which one they want. And well, the client last week went, actually I had two clients last week, um, or since my last show rather. Basically they have so many accounts that we had to figure out which one they want to use a core. And then I went and uh, opened them all up. We made copies of them and removed the old notebooks. And we got to make sure uh, we made sure that they were syncing with the OneNote that hello is on the OneDrive account because that's where they store the notebooks that was working with the right profile, excuse me, in the right account. It can be very confusing, but but I got to say that um, I, I'm actually having a little bit more fun with these OneNote jobs now that I totally understand the back end of it a little bit more. And I'm actually going to try to use it myself now because... I kind of like it. It's like a trapper keeper. <laughs> you can put pictures in there. You can put links. And I've got a bunch of reorganizing I'd like to do. So that might be a good place to put it all. Alrighty. Now this week, you guys, the 
what I'm going to talk about has been a stressful, stressful job for me for a long time. When people call with search and indexing issues, the old days was super easy. People would say, yeah, my Outlook won't search. So then I would say, okay, well, go put your mouse in the search bar. Go click on search tools. That only pops up when you're in the search bar. Go to indexing status. If it doesn't say zero, leave your Outlook open. Leave it open for a day or so. Put your computer to not sleep so it can stay open. And it might raise up to 100,000 items. It might go to 500,000, whatever. Depends how much mail you have. And then eventually come back down to zero and that will fix it. Okay? That's sometimes what I even tell people for free before I even step in because then I know if that doesn't work, then I got real troubleshooting ahead of me. Like, real stuff. Okay? So, uh... Anyway, you know, I've taken like a handful of these calls in the past year. I mean, it's not really a common, you know, problem. And the only time that I officially had to bow down my head and I'd have to say, say I got defeated was uh, this fella a few months ago called and he understood this issue. He was cool, but we kept trying things and letting the indexing stay open outlook and then we rebuild his index and uh honestly i i was so just irritated that i said i never do this but i'm gonna give you your money back and have you call local tech i think that he had a, a hard drive issue because back to what i was saying earlier is when clients call i do my standard list of things to get indexing to work and that was the only time that it wasn't working and he was very fine with it he didn't want to waste any more time because he wanted it to work and i totally get it I did refund him and I, and we left it on a really good note. He, you know, he even said, I appreciate your help. I appreciate the refund so I can take my money and put it towards somebody else. And I, it was great. No one was mad, but, uh, so anyway, he was the last search client that had a lot of issues until this week. Now, if you are listening and you're like, Oh yeah, I've been getting indexing calls too. There's definitely some issues going on. So in March, there was a bug in an update that went out that caused Outlook 2016 not to work with Windows 10. I kept that in mind if I got any calls, but I didn't, right? So it's not like an epidemic and virus outbreak or anything like that. But then this week, shit hit the fan. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. It was really slow and creeping too with me because I wasn't sure what was going on. Now, before I tell you the stories here, I'll tell you that there's, like I said, things I do in order to fix indexing. One is the leave and not look open. Then I go look at the indexing status and see what's going on. Sometimes I have to modify things and then typically you rebuild. That's a, you know, you rebuild it. Sometimes before I rebuild though, I go make sure that searching is turned on. Hold on, I'm gonna go open up my post here. I just have a blog post I'll put in the notes as well. Hold on. Okay, so then I will check the services to make sure that the window searching is turned on. And, um, oh, God, my brain is so fried from these jobs. Anyway, I'm going to put this in the show notes so you guys can read it yourself. But, um, anyway, something really bad happened this week. I saw people, I took, I think, 10 calls for this. Windows 7 had issues, Windows 10 had issues, Windows 2007, 2010, 2013, and 2016. I took it all this week. 
all those people with mixed up everything all were having searching problems and so i did my troubleshooting list and then finally you know i don't like to um repair office until last i don't like to reinstall it until last because these are other things that you know you should do first as troubleshooting efforts with the with the system i definitely don't ever reinstall windows until like well in fact i never do it anyway but that would be like the last thing in my opinion you would do but uh something bad happened on tuesday and um these calls only started coming in on hold on and that would have been the 14th and they started coming in one company three people had the issue and all three of them had different things it wasn't making sense to me and uh and so anyway i got it down to where i got the indexing to work but there was still a little annoying hold on i'm gonna look it up in my outlook here a little annoying thing called uh, something went wrong and your search couldn't be completed now it even happens in my outlook and it not comes up once but three times but the search still works so basically i used my computer because mine broke as well but i was so busy with other people's i didn't even troubleshoot my own until yesterday but i did all my stuff right and everything's fine um i even went to the next step and i updated all my stuff didn't work i uninstalled my office 2016 rebooted reinstalled it again still happened i tested a new profile new profile worked but here's the thing is i already knew a new profile was going to work i'm trying to fix the current one so just if you're listening yeah a new profile should fix it okay i even talked to one of my buddies who's an outlook um expert as well and she made mention um that uh there is a an, there is a well-known issue out there um and that removing pst files might be helpful and so i did remove my pst files and it still didn't fix it so right now on my own computer you know the only thing that would fix this if if i opened up a new profile and right now i've got you know i want to still try to fix this so anyway if you are listening and you did figure out how to fix this please let me know i always uh, am the first to admit when things are not working and i need your help and sometimes one of you out there might just have that answer that the whole internet's been looking for but i did create that blog that offers up the troubleshooting guide which is kind of you know uh just a nice list of things that you know um make sure you have your windows updates done um the 2010 by the way on wednesday when i saw it had a massive dump of updates like 50 of them and i honestly i'm gonna have the client undo all those if that's what needs to be done but we have tried rolling back the updates and it doesn't work i did it on mine too i rolled back my updates and it still broke so i think it's kind of like it's one of those things that the update hit it so hard that even if you roll back it still broke it to the point where you can't get it back i don't know it can be very confusing uh check your windows excuse me your office updates and then create the new profile now let's say you're like i don't have a lot of time to mess with this give your client a new profile that's the best answer if you're on exchange it doesn't take long you know if that's all they have i mean that's the easiest one but i'll let you know that most of my clients i'm helping don't have an easy profile to rebuild and they're all very cool and working with me and now that i've kind of figured out the mass the mass issue here i'm just gonna say we're creating a new profile for now 
And, uh, and if that breaks, I don't know what else is going on. But uh, I'll put the blog link here. You can read through it. Um, I also tried the Windows, or the index settings troubleshooter. You know, with mine, after I did the rollback, it broke the search and it fixed it. So it, that, that little thing does work. The rebuilding, I don't think that helped. Nope, the re rebuild didn't help mine. There's also, you can turn on... Now, I don't think this is a Windows 10. In the programs and features on the left side, is turn Windows features on and off. That's only Windows 7. I didn't see it on mine or my other client with Windows 10. And I also put a link out there from this cat who, I think he, I don't know if he's the original author, so I don't want to give him credit, but I put it in the link here. Um, he did some stuff with uh, the command prompt. Uh, type in like SC config w start search equals auto and it should say success um, That's what I believe I did to get my one client with Windows 7 2016 to get hers rolling again and uh, But she still has that little buggy Error when she searches so that just might be something that gets fixed with the next Windows update. I Don't know it was a really crazy week and If anybody calls me next week about it, I think I don't know if I'm going to take the jobs yet. I don't know. I had so many last week that I was really like, what the half is going on? There's too many. And it, none of them made sense. Now, if it was one operating system and one version, I could see that being a little easier to troubleshoot. But, man, I had everything, everything going. And it didn't make sense to me because none of the updates should be matching. Not at all. Okay, then I had a fella email who... Um, if you're not on my newsletter list, you certainly can get on there. Um, I sent out a pretty good newsletter last week about some things, and he sent an email in and said, you should talk about this on your show. So I'm going to end the show with talking about what he said. Um, okay, so he said, I like your newsletter. It raised a big question for me as to why I still use POP. because It's because of backups. I keep my emails in a PST called, for example, year.pst and so on and so on. I create these manually in April of every year, so I start the year with three months of current and the working PST in the previous years transferred to a new PST of that, that year's name. Then I archive them to DVDs and store them in a non-backup area on my computer should I need them. My working PST file is backed up daily. Yoo-hoo! Way to go, buddy. So my question is, if I use IMAP, how can I get automated daily backups of sent and received email drafts, contacts, and calendar. I was led to believe restoring an OST will cause the emails to be re-downloaded next time Outlook starts, rendering the backed up OST file useless. As a computer professional, I know that you don't have a backup if it doesn't exist. Suppose my email provider goes belly up, for example. Do you know of a solution? All right, so let's take this question in two parts. So my question is if I use IMAP, how can I get automated automated daily backups of sent and received email drafts, contacts, and calendar. Well, the thing is with IMAP in an Outlook profile, uh, the IMAP only synchronizes the emails, okay? So think of IMAP as email only, all right? You cannot get an automated daily backup of, hold on, I gotta think about this here. So the IMAP is email only and that's stored in an OST file. So if you were to set up an automated daily backup, let's say um, let's say you've got Backblaze like I do, and you 
make a path to that OST file to make sure that gets in the backups, then that would work. So the IMAP is, is email only, and you can set it up with your daily backups to be automated to get an OST backup. But remember, if something bad happens, the OST file would have to get repaired first, uh, converted from an OST to PST file, okay? So remember, there's two steps to that. So if the OST, you have to recover it, you got to do a converter to PST. Now, the second part of this, actually, this is going to be three-part. So if you happen to, let's say, set up a, an IMAP only in Outlook without a PST file, what happens with the contacts and calendars, those are still in that OST file, okay? And a lot of people use it, and it has the little words next to it, this computer only, typically. So that is kind of like, it's not syncing with the server. That's why it means this computer only. And that could be kind of scary. So that's why I tell folks with IMAP to set up a PST file to put their contacts and calendar in, okay? That at least typically is backed up with the documents folder outlook files and then there that is in a typical backup but the ost files are in the app data folder which a lot of online backups skip okay the final part of that question is drafts the draft should be in the imap uh syncing with the server typically they are okay so my question is if i use imap how can i get them automated automated daily backups have your uh your online backup program mapped to that OST file and the app data file. And to be safe, get a PST file for the contacts and calendar because if something bad happens, the nice thing is if they're in a PST file, you can just go get a fresh download of your email and drafts and stuff like that. And then you have your PST in a backup and you just reattach it. Very much easier than converting an OST to a PST file. I'll tell you that right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, now, second part of his question is i was led to believe restoring an ost will cause the emails to be re-downloaded re-downloaded synced next time outlook starts rendering the backup ost file useless okay so i was led to believe restoring an ost will cause the emails to be re-downloaded so if you're restoring an ost file what you're really doing is recovering it to a pst file you cannot open up an outlook profile and in import an OST file. It just can't happen. It's it's not the kind of file that just opens up. That's why they have the PST file. So uh, basically, if you back up the OST files, like I said both before, you can go and convert them to a PST file. So no, you were led to believe restoring it. Actually, all you need to do is just get a fresh download from your IMAP. And, and if you had a lot of corrupted data, you could recover that OST to a PST and then match it over to the server again. Uh, I hope that makes sense. It makes sense to me, but I deal with stuff like this all day long. So, Mr. Fan, I hope those answered your questions. I'll make sure to send you an email with this so you can listen and learn. All right, you guys, let's see what else I have to talk about here. Let's make sure that we thank our friends over at App River for being a show sponsor. And uh, you can contact my rep, Steve Harris, sharris at appriver.com. They have partner plans, which I'm on, which means my clients can call them to pay the bills, take care of things with their passwords and little glitches. They use me for backend support, and I earn a commission on every sale I do. They also have the reseller accounts, which is um, where you manage everything and your clients are not allowed to call App River, but you can call them for backup 
which I love because if you're in a migration and you have a snag calling up river to say, Hey, can you help me out here? Buddies, women and men texts, they are really fast and they're pretty good at getting the answer done in the first call. So that's what I like is when I'm in the heat of a problem, they typically know it. And, uh, if not, they remote in and help guide you. And that's really cool when you're having an issue that's maybe outside of your current, you know, cause you're so stressed out with something else. It's nice to have that backup help. And, I appreciate not calling offshore and, you know, um, things like that. They're down in Florida. They're open 24 hours a day. And they have sales open on weekends as well. Okay, and then just as a final reminder, you can subscribe to my YouTube show. Uh, it's youtube.com slash callthatgirl. I have the ebooks available. I still sell my Outlook training um, troubleshooting videos for technicians for 99 buckaroos. And in those videos, you would learn everything I talked about with these OST files. I go in depth, people. I go in depth about that. And there's so many cool things I teach you guys that I say the 99 bucks will save you. And then you get access to my private Facebook group just for people that have purchased it. And uh, we all coach each other and help each other with the little snags. You know, if, you, if you're a, a you know, one-man show, one-tech show, and you're having an Outlook issue... Trust me, there's plenty of people that will help you out there. I wouldn't spend more than a half hour busting your, you know, behind on one thing unless you check with people because it ain't worth it these days. You know, Google doesn't always have the right answers, but other techs generally do. That's how I look at it. All right, you guys, I think that's it. I covered all my topics here. I could talk for another hour about that indexing issue, but I really just wanted to just get to the, the short of it all. It's kind of a hassle and just be your... Be ready for it and go check out my blog link if you need help with that. All right, gang, this has been a Heyman Hendrickson production. Audio supported by Mitch Heyman. That's it, folks. See you next week.